Hi, welcome back. It's uh, the Russians. Hey, what's up? Welcome back. <laughs> You're in the hands of the Russians. In the hands of very competent Russians. <laughs> I wish. So sit back and relax. You know, I wish. You wish that we were competent? Yes, I wish we were competent. <sighs> well, you know, competence is like, what is it like? I feel like competence is about uh, social perception. You know, it's, it's not really about really what you're coming to anyway i don't want to actually uh <clears throat> dissuade our listeners from from listening I know, yeah. well, you know i have to say you know there's a lot of self-deprecation happening on this on this podcast i feel like you know um if we're does we, it we, yeah i think so i mean i think you know no, quite a quite a bit yeah that's not all self-deprecation but do you think that's what stops me from being successful the self-deprecation well, just generally speaking yeah i think self you know yeah you, you gotta be you you have to um you know project if you're be success doing, yes if you're gonna do the american self-help um you're gonna follow the but i'm not doing self-help of, yeah but you have to project confidence you're always right you're always doing the right thing uh i never sure <laughs> Well, that's the problem with being a Russian. Okay. It's just you're, you're, that's the, that's the okay, problem right. being a Russian. Some things I am sure. So today we're talking actually about um, this new film that came out called How to Blow Up a Pipeline. And uh, it's based actually on a book. Yeah. It's a non-fiction, non-fictional? The book is non-fiction, say? yes. Non-fictional it's like an essay book. or something, yeah. Almost like looks like a collection of essays by the Swedish activist, uh, author, Professor yes. and- Andreas Malm. Malm, or yeah, anyway, I wonder so, how you pronounce it in Swedish. And uh, yeah, so the film is actually just based, I guess, on spirit. Only. It's just it's out in theaters right now. It's like showing at your local indie theater. Uh, I don't think it's on streaming yeah. platforms yet. I guess the the first thing to disclose is that well, Yasha told me it's like, hey, I've heard of, like I know about this Andreas guy, and look. Uh, there's a film based on his book out and I'm like okay who is this and immediately <laughs> I see who co-wrote and directed it and it's this guy Daniel I don't even know how to pronounce his last name Goldhaber Goldhaber how you do it in English I don't know Goldhaber I'll say Goldhaber anyway, <laughs> you know what I have Haber, to say Haber. clearly he's an ex-coast Jew and it sounds like Goldhaber Goldhaber <laughs> has gold like his family <laughs> does <laughs> sorry I, I had to, like I'm Jewish I can make this jokes gold haber what the, what the hell is that yeah anyway <clears throat> whatever he's alright but the uh, ironic thing is that I actually kind of know him <laughs> and that's what hit me I'm like what this is the guy who is making this film I was really surprised yeah how do you know him uh, well it's they're like weird uh, coincidences the first time we actually both you just don't remember met him well when we lived in santa monica and he was just um visiting our neighbor he was friends with our neighbor yes <clears throat> and he was hanging out there and we started talking wait and we like we talked outside of the on the on the Maybe, on the, on the, on the porch like on the porch party. right there was like some I people on the remember. porch was yeah, he the guy yeah, from yeah. like new york who was like bragging about yeah yes, being yes. from new york and going and like <laughs> and that was like maybe 10 years oh, ago maybe I nine remember years that. ago yes of course so <laughs> it goes way back but i remember so weird yes it's very random and weird but he was definitely friends around of our neighbor in santa monica yeah, yeah, yeah i remember that and now I can't fully remember, but he definitely was like stood out because he was dressed in all black yeah. and was already playing into, well, I guess he was, I'm not saying playing, but was ha- 
wearing costume of New York filmmaker. Yeah. And I kind of recognized that and yeah. we chatted and yeah, he was a kind of, uh, what do you call I, it? I think uh, he also stood out because everyone else was like tanned around, you know? Yeah. He was like pasty and dressed in black. Yes, yeah. You know, that's Whereas like, okay. everyone else is like dressed in like. New York. Yeah, dressed like yeah. A Santa Monica, Venice people. And he was yeah. an aspiring filmmaker. Maybe by that time he only made like short films. I can't remember yeah. exactly, but definitely we chatted. And back then I was definitely pretty, high, I wouldn't say depressed, but I was travel definitely already trying to get the hell out of there. Yeah, out of Santa and Monica. Yeah, I can't remember exactly Venice. which year it was because eventually I did, we did get out and move to New York. Yeah. But I was basically in this like pretty <laughs> dark. Uh, like happy place. It, like dark happy place because right, it's like sunny. It's like the most perfect the place ocean. on earth basically is. Well, well I mean in terms of. of like the climate and the, the general the general yeah, but I was surrounded by this old people mostly yeah. or people like 10, 15, I would say 20 years older than I am who even if they were actually now thinking about it some of them were clearly in film but they were like mid-career retirement types and also like, like a lot of, no, there was, it seems like there was a lot of people on the business end of the of the movie world not just business no, yeah 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 a lot of people on the business end but just generally no there was like a production company I think uh, Silver uh, Joel Silver production yeah. company down the street maybe like only five minute bike ride so it was there but it was like so like it wasn't somehow I couldn't relate to that at that point yeah in my life at all there was no there was no like scene of there were no young young look, people who were trying like to make this. movies yeah no there. none yeah. like literally like zero okay yeah. and you could now I can like more contextualize it better and say yeah of course there were none because at that point what is it, it was 2011 12 13 yeah. 14 but at that point it's already Venice and Santa Monica was not like affordable places yeah. barely some people maybe were holding on to some rent control apartments yeah. but generally it wasn't like the draw everyone who were like that could have been on the east side somewhere around Echo Park yeah. like a decade ago no, they, they were there in was LA. No, there was no even yeah there was not a no, seat but they were in it was LA. a different culture so it was like a different culture there the culture there was more about like working out and surfing and I mean that's what people moved there for they didn't move there to or they were like successful no or no. they were successful yeah, or they were successful people, people with people families who, yeah who had families and who already had like established themselves right and then you know and then made money and then bought you know really expensive houses in Pacific Palisades yeah. or like Santa Monica somewhere. And then yeah. the only young people I eventually did meet yeah. uh, while living there, actually, yeah, I, legitimately they were my age, like <laughs> early mid-20s, um, they were successful music writers. Yeah. And those, now I know, tend to be very young. Yeah. And, okay, and they were there and they also owned houses, basically, <laughs> because of their success in the music industry, which is, now thinking about is very much in LA just adjacent to the film yeah. industry. Yes. Yeah. A lot of things like then go into like some kind of uh, soundtracks. I don't know. It's like all connected. <laughs> yeah. Or just like pop music writing. Yeah. Anyway, so so that's how we met for the first time it's with funny. the director I, of this I didn't film. Really, I didn't even realize that. And like, then, yeah. okay, I'm like really long winded. But then a few years back, I was in Sundance at this housing where a bunch of filmmakers were staying. And I think. I can't remember, I guess he knew someone from the, the house I was staying at. And, and he came over and he recognized me and I, and I recognized him. Yeah. And we like, and I was like, wait, I saw this guy somewhere. I couldn't remember where. And then like I placed it, Santa Monica, yeah. <laughs> outside Crazy, of huh? my house. And then he already made one movie. Like the the feature, yeah. I think it's called. You know, I still only watch. Is it like a cam? Yeah, it's called Cam. Cam. 
I actually haven't fully watched it, so I don't know. Maybe it's good. I think I, it's I like saw a parts film, of it. Right? About like something it's happens like a to like a camp about girl? camming, yeah, and about steal, uh, stolen stolen identity. Uh. Like sort of, it's I don't know. People say it's good. It's like about the kind of the digital parasocial life, and yeah. you know, and like accounts and who can take over of your account. I don't know. Idea idea why sounds interesting. Okay, and now <laughs> yeah, he popped up again, but. Since then, since last time we met in Sundays, he actually, well, he actually read our the whole Soviet Soviet zombie script. Yeah, and I can't remember, but he was definitely giving some kind of like insider or more insider than I am advice on what to change in the script and how to yeah. go about it. I don't know, maybe it was good, but since he doesn't know much about Russia, I don't know how valid it was. Yeah, yeah. And I was trying, I think, to meet some producer through him, yeah. but it didn't come to any. Fruition? Yeah, fruition. And it, that was right before the pandemic just shut everything down. Yeah, yeah right before the pandemic. Yeah, okay. I remember then, that part. Yeah. That's funny. And now you, I like recommend this film to you and we go watch it. And it's like, wait a second, who's this guy who made it? Oh, wait. And it's sort of like flashback, like a, like a movie. Do, like do, literally do, flashbacks. Do, do. Yeah. And it made me think like, so people have uh, already like even I know of sort of or even know in my generation already making this kind of pretty big or sort of indie but pretty big films yeah and what the hell am I doing <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah but I guess I have a bit of an excuse I'm a real immigrant and a foreigner and yeah. so it it definitely well it definitely takes longer to sort of jumpstart that's for sure but uh, okay but anyway that's the backstory. Yeah, that's it's pretty interesting backstory. Just because, I mean, it's hard to. I it mean, shows it, one thing. Sorry to interrupt. Shows one thing. Actually, it's a pretty small world. Yeah. And yeah, there are a lot of people trying to make movies and whatever. There are so many f- stupid, like not particularly good film schools that people go through, and they yeah. and the systems churn them out, and eventually, very few people actually succeed or make or make even something interesting and uh, manage to keep keep doing this and having this art life. Yeah. film life uh, but ultimately actually the um, number of people who do something consistently and and stay in it are is pretty limited it seems yeah. so and if you're in it for like even i don't know five to ten years and you don't drop out yeah you notice this you pretty much know everyone yeah. or know of everyone yeah it's sort of like very small and that's what i no- start noticing i don't know yeah, you, you tell me. I mean, it's there's yeah, there's like similar things about the journalism world and you know, kind of various people like who, various. I mean, obviously, it's a big, big it's bigger than the <laughs> film world just because. I mean, the film world is so restricted. I mean, the, the it's so difficult to get in. It's so like it's like a fortress that you have to scale. You know, journalism a, too. You mean right? No, no. I mean, I mean the movie making ah, films. Ah, and, yeah, okay, but because, you say journalism. I mean, just a, but you begin to know similar. everyone. Everyone kind of knows of everyone. Yeah, of course. Once you start getting in, everyone who, who, is like who is actually functional. Like who's who, who like works? Doing yeah, because a lot of people do drop out and um, yeah. and do other things. And you know, and then of course it's also like very regional. So like there, it's like you know everyone is in New York. So. Like socially, right. people will kind of at least you know. I mean, everyone knows everyone at least. Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. <clears throat> the stuff New York is not original. It's New York, LA. Like I would say, exactly. But <laughs> the same. East LA, yeah. so two two cities. New York, yeah, yeah. Two, two cities. Everyone eventually know of each other or something. And people the are moving around constantly. Yes. By coastal, baby. <laughs> yeah, by coastal. <laughs> needs, uh... Wow, you, are you okay? Do you need to? Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> wow, you're, yeah, you're not doing so well. You, are you okay? <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's talk. Let's talk about the film. Well, I mean, <laughs> wait, I'm starting to cough too now. Um, yeah, no, yeah. So, 
I mean, it's funny. Let's we can we can maybe return to this topic later. Uh, but but we, well, just like whatever, just the film world, and you know, and and um, we should probably talk about the film because mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. You know, I mean, I can I can add a little bit to it to it. I mean, I've actually so the film is based on uh, a book uh, of the same title, uh, How to Blow Up a, a Pipeline, and the book is written by this guy Andreas Malm. Well, I've actually read before. I've read. Uh, I read one of his books. He's kind of a big deal mm-hmm. in the sort of climate activism or climate. He's like a climate thought leader or something, or like a, kind of a <laughs> radical. You know what, what to do about the climate. So he's actually. A, a, I guess we call him like a historian mostly because he's the book that I read by him though, which is actually very good. It's called Fossil Capital, and it um, it's basically kind of looks at how capitalism, why capitalism chose fossil fuels. In its like first expansion in in England, because that's kind of where it all began, and because and his 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 like I think kind of the one of his main takeaways from the book is that is that uh, sort of capitalists, early capitalists in England, uh, were, used actually water energy uh, as their first uh, how that's how they powered factories, you know, sort of the water wheel. So they would be on like rivers and things like that, right? So and those things were for, so. Even after the invention of uh, a steam engine, that's a coal-powered steam engine, no one really adapted it, and you know, for for a while. So it wasn't like it was immediately ad- adopted by by capitalists because they saw they could like squeeze out more profits. But they, it'd be, it, 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 what happened was like they fossil fuels uh, were seen as like a kind of a benefit, or coal initially was because it allowed. Um, them to place um, factories closer to cities, so they didn't. They weren't dependent on, like the re, on on the geography of the land, basically on where the rivers were. So you could move factories away from the rivers, and usually r- big like rivers that were strong, you know, were in places where there weren't a lot of there wasn't a lot of labor, there weren't a lot of people, and so it allowed them to kind of basically kind of abstract the factory from the from the ter- from from land you know and so so in a way it's co- the beginning of like the global capitalism yes basically so you like you basically kind of abstract this 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 the, the thing that powers the, the the you know like our kind of factory industrial mm-hmm. economy and and you know and then you, the same was true for let's say mm-hmm. oil and things like that because you could sort of move it around and 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 it's not you know you're not bound by regionalism or things like that mm-hmm. and it's pretty interesting it's a very detailed very in-depth book about it and uh, about you know the development, early development of capitalism, and I read that a while ago. Uh, and you know, I, and I know that his like book, probably because of the provocative title, you know, was going around uh, quite a bit because it's like a book by this guy who's, you know, like I don't know, interviewed by the New Yorker, and you know, he's like he's kind of his name is he's like well reviewed by the Guardian and things like that. So he's like why, not why some do like you total think radical. If he's so radical. He's interviewed by David Remnick. Like, well, I'll tell you, I think that there's, he's actually, when you get down to it, I don't know how radical he, I mean, he is radical in a sense, you know, he is radical in a sense. I mean, he is, his whole thing is that we need to, we're, we're like at the point of no return essentially. And mm-hmm. if we don't totally dismantle, the fossil fuel infrastructure that 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 is like that is contributing to global warming, you know, like we're basically fucked, right? And so okay. he advocates for like a very very um, state strong state 
uh, response because he thinks that like distributed solutions don't work. So he wants intervention, like, right? You need like basically a global, a centralized global intervention into the fossil fuel economy, you know, which is like kind of, it seems radical, but you know, it, I mean, it is radical because who's the fuck is going to do that, you know? I mean, <laughs> Joe Biden? I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, it's because, he so he actually like argues for like war Leninism or something like that, like he's... You know, I, I actually, yeah. um, I looked up specifically uh, the term he's using, uh-huh. You said war Leninism, war communism, or what is he? What's ecological the, Leninism? Yeah, but I mean, what he what he's actually saying, he was like looking towards the for the Russian Revolution when they kind of, you know, seized seized the seized power and and then used that power to transform the state, you know, and to transform social relations and transform mm-hmm. all these things. And so I think he's trying to like draw. You know, from that, I mean, I don't know. It's but like, I'm a bit surprised, yeah. you know, like, you, you know so much more about it. What I, I read a little bit of yeah. his interview, and I'm surprised that, um, you know, uh, sort of respectable li- liberals, I guess, uh, talk to him and yeah. take him seriously while he is semi-quoting Lenin, yes. talks about Bolshevism yes. and, you know, ecological Leninism and kind of praises certain elements of that. Yeah. It's a bit surprising because one of the things I, I guess I learned from you, but also like it confirms like the reality of it, that if you do that, everyone laughs at you because it's a complete like... yeah. So I mean, I think how, I think his you... argument. I don't know. Maybe he t- tones it down when he talks to those people. But like, I think I think I think there is a clue in why he's kind of well received by, you know, uh, essentially a kind of liberal elite right. in America, right? Uh, which is that he actually, as far as I can tell, he doesn't really advocate for anything changing except the way that things are powered. You know, so he's just he's just like you know, even in the uh, at the one of his I think it might be the last chapter of this or the second to last chapter in this fossil capital mm-hmm. book. I mean, he talks about like. W- some of the things that we need to do, which is basically, I mean, he just argues for green energy, right? Like mm-hmm. solar, wind, mm-hmm. a wave, all these things to completely transform, you know, to completely de-fossilize the, mm-hmm. uh, our way of life, you know? But uh, keep capitalism. But no, I don't know if he keeps, I don't know. He doesn't say that, but like, but I, I mean, if you're doing, I don't know what you can call it capitalism if you're doing state intervention on a global level. And to change things, I mean, I don't know if that's capitalism or not. I don't know. I, I think he would be probably against capitalism, you know. But he's, but but he wants. I mean, he wants to switch out like fossil fuels and put in renewable energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are kind of a, a problem with that. I mean, to the point of you know, he like speaks highly of like, I don't know, plans to build these massive solar arrays in like the Sahara Desert or something, and then send that electricity through underwater cables to like France you know like that is kind it of, sustainable well I mean he says that those there were like these plans that were in the works and then all these actually companies and, and um, uh, like were like kind of were buying into it and it collapsed because it wasn't profitable and, and like there was no state intervention to like make them you know to basically underwrite these things but I'm, what I'm saying is yes exactly are, are those things sustainable I mean I think a lot of people would take issue with him you know in the sense that like in the sense that to just it's like it's like it, it, part of the problem with our with the, the reason why everything is collapsing is because of the the way that we live right it's the really uh, sort of high intensity high energy uses of, of our of our societies and so to build out these solar arrays i mean there's actually different people looking at like trying to understand like the whole life cycle of these things first of all some of the these things are not carbon neutral like it's not like you can create 
uh, create solar panels without using fossil fuels. You need to transport them. You need to, you need to like develop high, super high energies, heat to create some of these materials. I mean, these are like pretty high-tech, high very advanced manufacturing processes. You need to create, you know, like these strange polymers that are very difficult to create. You probably need to burn, you know, a lot of fossil fuels to create these giant, you know, uh, propellers for these wind farms and stuff like that. And also, they also you know, have a, a certain age limit. So, you, you know, they don't, they're not like permanent. So you need to constantly, you know, fix them, put new ones up, repair them and all this stuff. And so you need to transport them over vast distances. You need to maintain this giant infrastructure. So he kind of argues as I, as far as I can tell, I mean, I mean, again, I haven't read everything that he's ever written and he's sort of like vague, it seems like, but he's for basically like just be, because the situation is so dire and we're at a, like at a, a hitting like this limit that we need to basically muster all of you know, state resources, right, to basically put the world on some kind of like almost war footing in order to transform, you know, the global energy infrastructure. And, to, to and the liberals who do take him seriously and talk to him basically are already, at least in America or in Britain, I don't know, in, in Europe on the same page? Well, I mean, I think, look, I mean, if you look That's at... That's surprising. I think they are somewhat because like, look, I mean, I don't know, like California is like you know, as is put in plans already to, uh, you know, have all cars be electric at some point, you know, so there's like, that's the whole, that's the whole kind of issue. Um, I think that's the whole kind of thing with this sort of green capitalist uh, uh, right. uh, approach to, uh, the, you know, the climate crisis is the belief that we don't really need to change anything right. fundamentally about the way our society is structured. You don't want to talk about, you know, things like degrowth, which is like right. another thing. I don't know if he even like supports that. No, I don't think so, actually. I think no, 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 I don't think so. And he um, criticizes and almost laughs at people who think that there should be fewer people living on Earth. Yeah, the, the, yeah. There's, the, that, there's that whole thing where, you, like, if you say, well, maybe there are, are actually too many people on Earth. I mean, but the, he the, says it's laughable or whatever. It's stupid. Yeah. I mean, and, and of course, people are like, well, how are you, you going to kill all these you know, poor people? It's like, well, that's different. You know, there's not like... I don't know. There's different ways of managing. Sort of, uh, if you're going to do war communism, you can also do, you know, um, you know, to change the entire you know, energy infrastructure of the state. And he's and he's and he has like he has a kind of. Um, I don't think he likes the sort of more like, kind of, uh, yeah, like. I looked it up. Uh, I don't think he likes those deep green. Yes, um, deep ecology types. Yes. Uh, no, it's it's actually interesting. Deep green resistance, which yes. are more radical of a group and a movement. Yeah. And he definitely like addresses them and criticizes them, which n- then makes sense that a certain part of establishment almost yes. embraces him as a non-radical alternative yes. to the real radicals that are out there and have been out there for I don't know. I mean, exactly. I mean, yeah. No, that's interesting to almost like historically, because he talks about Bolshevism or whatever. But historically, if you think about those things, it's like a known thing to kind of elevate one thing that is alternative to the real radicalism and say, hey, this is radical. Yeah. And the real radicalism is almost like gets erased. Right. I mean, I mean, he is. I mean, there's there's different levels. There's different types of radicalism, and there's some some aspects of radicalism. That I, I totally agree with you. There's aspects of radicalism, radicalism that sometimes overlaps with the interests of like whatever the ruling elite, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, or at least like one wing of the ruling elite in, in America and around the world, which is kind of all on board for green technology and green capitalism because right. they think they can. And fundamentally, doesn't doesn't um, change the way that. 
the power structures of, of the society. Right. It doesn't challenge their position in this power structure, mm-hmm. right? And, in fa- and, and so, it just makes them pivot, and maybe some of them are ready. I mean, yeah, exactly. And they, I mean, you can see states like California. I mean, are mm-hmm. like at the forefront of the sort of green capitalism, and we right. see it all around us. You know, we see a fucking electric. Uh, Jaguar, right? Like electric Jaguar SUV driving without a freaking driver in it even. You know, that Google runs these fleets of electric vehicles, right? A right. Green, uh, green vehicles that don't use any fossil fuels apparently, you know? Um, it was, even without a human being in, inside, you know? So like... But, uh, <laughs> but you know, one thing I noticed, I wonder what you think of it, just even based on the name and yeah. whatever. The um, I didn't read Fossil Capital book, but you know, you yeah. tells me a lot about it and I've just flipped through a little bit. Today, but remember Shoshana Zuboff, surveillance capitalism, yes. uh, and she's kind of beloved and embraced by, I guess, liberal intelligentsia as well. Yeah. And despite the fact that she's sort of like right critical of certain things that you've been critical of, yeah. and whatever, she's a professor and has certain uh, standing, so it explains things. But also, ultimately, I think there's some similarity. You know how, like, okay, surveillance capitalism. She yeah. says that. She doesn't directly say it, but it's implied that capitalism is okay, yes. but it turned into this, you know, surveillance um, kind of mode, yeah. and <laughs> became bad. I'm yeah. really simplifying. I mean, that's like a kind of a yeah, like exactly, like people who are not are, are yeah, I, people right? who are not critical of capitalism can be critical of so surveillance capitalism and, and can yeah. like her and her book. I yeah. guess I mean, yes. it's such a long book and kind of <laughs> hard to read yeah. but anyway but the fossil capital I know it's not the same but there's a bit of it like okay you sort of look where I think cap- he's against capitalism he is okay. I think he's like against capitalism I don't want to like I, look uh, I don't want to he, he, okay then I'm wrong I mean but I mean I think what you're, I think there's like a more actually a more nuanced thing of what you're saying is in the sense that like he's uh I mean, he's not like he. He's essentially for some kind of like eco-modernist status quo in the sense that like you want to keep this modernism that we live in completely intact, right? And maybe and basically and, industrial and civilization. Then, yes, you want to keep this industrialist civilization that we that we live in intact, and probably in, in from his point of view, like maybe decre- like spread it around more evenly. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know. He's like kind of vague about a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I could tell, uh, again, I'm not a mom scholar, you know, but I've read uh, I've read a bunch of interviews with him. I've read you know now two of his books, and so he's not a critic of this industrial civilization. He just wants to decarbonize it. He wants to def. Okay. He wants to take the carbon out of it. But his but I think some of the critics who are like you know more into a kind of a um, you know more would be more critical of our industrial way of life would, mm-hmm. would say that actually it's impossible to decarbonize. Right, and to actually take off the stresses off the off the planet that we're that we're pumping into it without some kind of structural changes. Without right? well, actually, without degr- without like uh, basically reducing cons- energy consumption, uh, mm-hmm. re- without reducing, um, um, without like actually uh, fundamentally altering the structure of society. You know, akin to basically saying like it's not just about you know putting an electric turning a a, a gasoline powered car into a you know, mm-hmm. battery-powered car, but just getting rid of cars entirely, you know, and, and, and making, you know, our society or more walkable, you know, basically introducing uh, public transportation for when it's necessary, you know, things like that, right? Like, but but basically kind of under, compl- radically changing the way that our societies operate, you know, growing food more locally, right? Things like that. I mean, 
you know, getting rid of these sort of giant industrial industrial farms that, you know, do these monocrops that are extremely wasteful, you know, but are very good for, for generating profit for these for these giant corporations that run them and destroying sort of everything, you know, destroying whole ecosystems. Right. In the process. And so, like, I don't know, living more in tune with a kind of a natural world, right, rather than, you know, creating a, a sort of a very, very modern, very industrialist uh, system on top, or like, you know, at least bringing in aspects of an older kind of, uh, an older kind of way of living, right? Um, I, I don't know if he supports that. In fact, from what I could tell, he's, he's kind of critical of people like that, critical of people who um, say that we are already going to collapse. Basically, collapse is going to happen. It's already kind of happening. It's just a matter of like managing that collapse and coming coming out with a better world like on the other side of it you know obviously trying to change the world but not trying to like keep this thing that we live in right now and trying to keep it at all costs you know mm-hmm. you know i mean he's critical of those people um and so i don't know so there is like he look he's he's right about a lot of things but um ultimately i don't know how much how you know i don't know and it is a radical what he says to i mean to to completely def to get rid of the fossil fuels in our in, in or you know in our global you know industrialized civilization i mean i don't know how that's even mm-hmm. i mean you need like a what like a, a single like a one world government like to wage you need some kind of like massive empire basically that controls the entire world and forces people you know through forces people through i guess force of arms and whatever you know like actually forces people to dismantle that and forces um societies around the world to dismantle this kind of infrastructure i mean it's like that's i don't know it's i mean it sounds like some kind of like nightmare scenario for you know basically like a one world government with bill gates sitting at the top you know telling people what to do what they can eat and all this stuff and what about putin (laughs) or putin i mean putin could do it too you know clearly he's a strategic genius you know that you know he could he he could (laughs) if if anyone could stand in this like putin yeah, because they rely on fossil fuels. I mean, I mean they are a fossil. No, 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 but they're not going to move from that no. until. I mean, that's their power. Yeah. yeah, that's their power. So until they die and the whole like, I don't mm. even know. Yeah. No one and and whoever is actually opposing Putin and his people, don't seem to talk about it either. Yeah, and so you know, and so <laughs> it's know, funny anyway. actually. You can kind of see, um, you can kind of see, the effects of mom's thinking because it's pre- I'm pretty cl- it's pretty clearly you know I mean I have we haven't talked to the director or to the writers you know but I'm mm-hmm. pretty clearly they're inspired by him you know because yeah. it's, it's like a lot of actually w- in the film like it's 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 not talked about really but it's sort of the the vagueness is embodied in the film of like Very what what kind so. of world do they want to create you know what well, do they but stand it's for like it's not like you have answers no no, no but that is even, yeah, that isn't even like discussed there you know it isn't like a thing open to debate or. Yeah, but that's fine because yeah. I understand. Like I, I read most of How to Blow Up a Pipeline book, and honestly, yeah, the film is vaguely basically took the name of the book. The title is the same, yeah, and everything else is sort of as you say, just implied. Maybe the vagueness and and the direct action yes. sort of that is required, and uh, even in the face of certain inevitability of certain things, yeah. right? And even if you're gonna go to jail, but what I, I found interesting because Mom talks about it, the, fil- the film doesn't. But he draws comparison to 
you know, the current ecological crisis, like he draws comparison to the Holocaust. Yeah. And he he obviously says, which, which is true if you talk about like worldwide, it's kind of worse than Holocaust. Much worse. <laughs> much yeah. worse, yes. Much than much worse than all the world wars so far and all that stuff. Like, yeah, okay, legitimately so. But the comparison he draws with Holocaust is kind of interesting because he says, okay, people, the Jews that were already in ghettos, like, you know, the famous Warsaw uprising, yeah. um, the ones who did it, pretty much knew maybe they had like a uh, like glimmer of hope or something yeah. but pretty much knew that it's most likely going to fail they're going to be executed and yep. it's going to be nothing but just maybe like a, a memory of them I don't know and but they did it anyway because just going quietly into the furnace wasn't an option for yeah. for, for some of them for, for many of them and he basically says that in a way this sort of like um, defeatism mm-hmm. that he, he he specifically fights against and he quotes certain famous people that now I think about, huh, yeah, I guess I read about it and I almost like, I don't share it, but it's sort of, um, I was poisoned by it, by this defeatism. Uh, he quotes Jonathan Franzen, famous American writer, intellectual, who usually just writes like this semi sappy dark dramas family dramas but he also you know like would <laughs> pen an essay about like ecology and blah 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 and he himself lives in Santa Cruz where things are burning and clearly you can sense the impeding doom and blah 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 <laughs> I, 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 I understand so it's sort of um, pertinent to his life but anyway but what he when he would write about the ecological stuff he would be completely resigned to what's going to happen and say yeah. whatever you can do anything and you have your life and you live it to the best you can and do <laughs> yeah. do do what you want and uh, nothing uh, is dependent on you anymore yeah because it, we're doomed yeah. and this sort of mood i was thinking about definitely kind of influenced me i think for last decade definitely you kind of know about what's going on and clearly not much can be done <laughs> and i hear about this eco terrorist types and obviously it's like usually just fails and it just there's like a media maybe like a yeah. media event and then that's it and obviously nothing um, nothing changes anyway and so basically Malm criticizes this kind of defeatism and brings Holocaust into conversation because he thinks that uh, thinking about this sort of inevitability of things and complete inconsequences in mm-hmm. meaninglessness of your actions is really really bad and ultimately just brings nothing but not depression even but he basically thinks that for historically uh, like the way the world developed is that people yeah. did do certain actions that yeah there wasn't a guaranteed outcome yes certain actions that when you were, if you did think about them too much in advance you, you would know that there's not much of an outcome yeah. but they did them anyway and they were important and are important and historically they're important and that's how he talks about the Warsaw uh, yeah. ghetto uprising but anyway I, I think it's, I mean, look, not, it's not too cheap of a comparison because it is interesting and he thinks like this is how basically th- this type of people and this type of actions and this type of thinking is how basically holds the world together in a way yeah and I think there's something interesting to that. I think it, one, another thing, which makes it even more relevant to American situation, I don't know what kind of audience he has in mind when he yeah. writes about it, but America is a big chunk of it. Even he's Swedish, but he kind of talks a lot clearly about America, knows a lot about it. And he would talk about, you know, America um, pre-Civil War, yeah, when the slavery was just like a, a given. Yes. And he basically says, okay, uh, if in the pre-Civil War America, 
uh, people yes. like friends and would be saying, yeah, well, how sad, very horrible that there is a slavery thing yes. and people own people. But hey, what can you do? Nothing can be ever done. What are you yeah. going to do? Well, obviously it's like, but that's, but it's, the, it's the, always the reactionary argument. It's like, well, what are you going to do? It's not going to change if the, oh, things were always like this. Look, no one really supports this now. No, but yeah, but yes. I, I think it's interesting just for me. I'm not, I'm yeah. not, I'm not actually better than all those def- defeatist yeah. thinkers, even if I'm, say, I want to believe in something. But also, I think a lot of people might be, you know, when there was slavery happening, you know, uh, or other th- or other things like, I don't know, when women couldn't vote or there was like, you know, there was not equal. I'm, I'm just saying that there was like, people might have be against it, but also like, well, what can I do to stop it? Like, it's like, it's just this giant machine. But, but that's what he's yeah. saying. Yes, it seemed that way. It seemed like completely unchangeable, like yeah. impossible to combat and blah, blah, blah. And yet by the actions in the certain positions of the people who didn't think it was unthinkable or didn't yeah. think that much but did the direct action and did it anyway eventually this thing moved yeah I get it but you know I, I mean I'll tell you this what's interesting about I mean and I actually uh, we, uh, chatted a little bit about this with Anthony Galuzzo who we actually interviewed um, a friend of ours who we've interviewed uh, about sort of I don't know like actually the politics of um, of like of um of environmentalism degrowth. and degrowth and like and eco-modernism and, mm-hmm. and sort of all these kind of battles that are kind of uh, kind of waged in the left between various wings of you know people who want to change change something about the way our society is structured. I mean, one thing one thing that actually um, Andreas Malm uh, downplays in a huge way in his book. He doesn't give he only mentions he only mentions it in passing and only essentially to kind of. Uh, to smear them is the the there was actually quite a bit of radical um, environmentalism extremism in the 80s and 90s in 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 America and in Europe. You know, there's like Earth First, Earth Liberation, uh, Animal Liberation Front. He mentions um, them. Yes, he mentions them, but only, but in in passing as a way of like actually kind of and actually like talks shit about them because he 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 sees them as reactionary. He sees them as these deep ecologists who. His his problem with them is that they're not like human centered. They're anti human. They're they're not saying that humans are the most important thing on this planet. They actually want like animal rights to be at the forefront of their politics. They want like the earth to be at the forefront of, of the world that they want to create, you know? And so he sees them as reactionary. To him that's reactionary. But but actually it's kind of interesting because the most significant I mean what these are people who did exactly what he is actually advocating, which is attacking, you know, various aspects of this industrial system of this, you know, I mean, they're they're a bit more scattered. Not they're not like fully focused. Like he wants people to be on just the f- energy fuel, you know, right. I don't know, fossil fuel infrastructure, which also is like you know questionable, you know. Uh, but but he's but he actually dismisses what they were doing, and they were big, you know. I mean, and it was it was decentralized, and they had a pretty big effect. I mean, it was obviously not. Not a lot of people were involved Look, because even Unibomber had a big effect, and he yeah. was alone. And so, and so, I mean, and so, so, so people like, and he actually, I think, probably like would 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 put him in the category with these with these kind of deep ecologist types. And so, I mean, you know, he talks about all these things, and I agree with him. Obviously, there's a lot of there's people are basically resigned to their fate, and because the the problem is so big, but also not just the problem is so big, also the alternatives are not clear. Right, because mm-hmm. it's so dominant, you know, it's so dominant the system, and and actually not everyone can even agree on what kind of world we want to build instead of it, and 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 it's a question like what is the world? Okay, you can dismantle this infrastructure, but what is the world that replaces it? Is it exactly like this, except with just you know uh, solar panels everywhere, <laughs> um, or is it something different? And and he kind of skirts the question, I think, skirts this topic. But do you have an answer? Well, I well I don't have an answer either. But I'm just but he but but it is actually part of what 
part of what you know i don't know uh made it kind of i don't know maybe if you to take to take his example like slavery or something to, it's pretty clear it's like no actually don't think that people should be property i want a world where we're all you know we all have equal rights right like it's a, it's okay. a simple world but a, a world uh when when you're just when you're talking about you know blowing up pipelines for what what is the world that replaces it you know because people know. can't even imagine what that world is so you have to fight for something that isn't just and not a blank not a black hole in, like that's in front of you i mean i think that's kind Go of ahead. a problem you know with a lot of this environmentalism it's a problem for me as well it's like you don't really know what you're fighting for i mean you know what you're fighting against yeah but but you know what's interesting i uh, okay now it's kind of coming into focus it makes sense that uh the people who mal either sort of doesn't talk much about or criticizes actually basically make more sense and are more logical yeah the the degrowth types and are more yes. radical deep uh, green resistant types because even if you know you don't want to hear that because it's pretty dark vision what they're saying at least they make some sort of sense they do want to sort of blow up a pipeline or a whole pipelines and move away from fossil capital but they also actually are not vague like mom about what they want to happen yes. afterwards or already some of them are uh, pursuing this type of life now they basically want degrowth they want to live in this um, maybe they don't want mind a lot of people Dying, yeah, and uh, they want to live this like um, what do you call it? like small scale life uh, of a pharma type of right, whatever, pharma yeah, type whatever, of like, yeah, I don't, yeah, communes, uh, you know, agricultural communes, yeah, or, like I guess small agricultural communes, <laughs> should say, like sort of um, scattered around and yeah, uh, low emission, a low consumption, low production, <laughs> basically just a life that is radically different yeah. by all means from what is now. So when you say, oh, what are the answers? So they kind of at least give you the answers. Maybe they're wrong. Maybe it's not doable. I don't know. Yeah. But it's interesting. Yes, while Malm, who is... Do I say it right? I feel like his name pronounced probably Malm. I don't know. Because he's yeah. Swedish. I don't know. And uh, while he's actually embraced by the liberal sort of establishment, he doesn't say that. And, that, and the vagueness is sort of... And I don't think he of, believes it. No, yeah. but the vagueness is interesting. The vagueness is kind of beneficial to him personally as like uh, this famous academic, but also... Probably is it, it's attract this kind of vagueness is attractive to the establishment. Yes, because you could sort of pr- project what your own your own what, your whatever, own whatever. Yeah. yeah, which is, which is interesting. And I'm not actually even judging him. I don't know those degrowth people. I also have questions. I sort of like am attracted by this, and yeah. myself have fantasies of moving and uh, starting like a small, I don't know, farm type of thing. And <laughs> I want to have my. Um, like sheep and I want to live like that yeah. but then I don't know if I I don't <laughs> basically I don't know because you, well, you never lived that world so it's hard so for I you to know no, yeah. I have no idea I have I mean, no idea and that would seem so weird because I know you know specifically coming from Russia and from that 20th century history you know Soviet Union industrialization like urbanization like my grandfather I have like one um, like one of my grandfathers is a Russian like a full Russian peasant yeah, he was born in a small, um, basically village, Vasilov Maidan, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and he grew up as a peasant. And only when he was like the revolution happened, um, wait, two years after he was born. But anyway, but he still had like a 
kind of peasant upbringing because yes. revolution didn't immediately affect yeah. uh, the It's um, not like in, in, <laughs> the yeah, yeah, like you, everyone went to everyone into a factory immediately. Yeah, yeah, no, he was born in 1915, <laughs> so he still had uh, had quite a lot of experience as a yeah. kind of peasant boy. Yeah, uh, and uh, he fully believed in this urban, in the basically, I guess, Soviet ideology, communism, urbanization, the whole uh, I don't know what worker, yeah. <laughs> worker state when, thing, and he hated like the, the peasant life, and he yeah. hated the village, and he eventually moved to Moscow, and he lived uh, most of his life in Moscow as like a Soviet apparatchik, like mid-level apparatchik. And uh, even when he was given as this, you know, fairly, not a lead, but like he, he, made, he did actually, um, what do you call it, made a good career? Did, yeah. Had yeah, a career, he had basically. a good career, yeah. And he was uh, given, um, I think, either um, like some um, land, maybe with a house already, I'm not sure, somewhere near Moscow in the countryside. And he was like just laughing at this like pr- proposition. He said he doesn't want it, yeah. and he's not gonna like go to the countryside on the weekend. Or something. Yeah. He's just gonna live in the city. Yeah. And my point is that like I kind of I don't know coming from that yeah. what what he did was sort of understandable from where he came from. Yeah. Which is like right the opposite of my experience but, living all my life in the apartment. But he also in came from a but he also came from a from a, a very different uh, like socio social the way that it was like structured like life in the in the Russian countryside. No, but a lot of people who are not like him I'm describing like a peasant who made it yes. as a Soviet citizen, right? Um who never had like a higher educational stuff. It, it doesn't matter but he had a specific like yeah. a specific life experience. Like someone like my urban like say grandmother his Jewish wife I think she wouldn't actually mind having a country house yes. why I'm bringing it into conversation is because like he came from the land in a way completely rejected it and didn't want to yeah. do, do deal with it and it made me think like what if like I know they were also poor peasants obviously uh, from what I understand but what am I like slightly or we all are as this urban people idealizing that of kind of we life we, and I think we definitely do Yeah. and I know very little about about it outside of again going to but, friends country but houses. I mean I think it's not about like what is the ideal life that you want to live it's also like if you want to preserve any kind of life for people on this planet that's might be the only you, way right? you have to like radically change um, the way that you basically have to move away from this hyper industrial societies in which you live and maybe may retain some aspects of, of these of these technologies it's mm-hmm. not like people are I don't know if, I don't know who is like aside from I don't know like Tech Kaczynski or whatever you know and, and people like him who actually wild, have a yeah. valid you know they have a valid fucking viewpoint like I actually understand where they're coming from but I don't know if like actually more sort of like moderate like uh, you know people who are like who, who kind of argue for de- for some kind of version of degrowth mm-hmm. call for a total abandonment of all technologies right but it's right. A, but it's about like actually shrinking things a bit and making things with human scale getting rid of this sort of like you know and 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 creating a, a like a good you know balance between the technology and the kind of life you lead but also not just for like you know our well-being but also for the well-being of of the ecosystems around us right i mean i don't know like the amish or something i, I you know they're as far as, as as I understand it, you know, they're not like anti-technology necessarily. They're anti-technology that changes their way of life. And yeah, so, so they actually right. They they adapt, uh, some, adopt, technologies, they adopt yeah. some some technology and use it. Yeah. And so it's a matter of like, what are the what kind of life do you want to lead? So, but I totally agree. I mean, I think look as a, as a, as a city person, as a, someone who's been you know city born, born and raised in like large cities, um, you know, you know, it's it kind of sucks to uh, uh, admit it, but like. To realize that you're totally disconnected from any kind of natural processes, you right. know, and so my, you know, my, you know, it's like my, my experience with living it, you know, yeah, I've never like actually had to 
do anything to uh you know to 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 grow my own food or to even know what that process is like you know or right. to like be dependent on your own on your own on your own labor and things like that for your own like sustenance it's kind of an it's kind of a radical idea you know in our in our society uh, i think most people are completely you know so disconnected from it that it takes you you know many many years when you're already an adult to realize that you know that's how disconnected we are but i totally agree with you but the, uh, but i think there is like a there's a lot there's it's not clear if you can just sort of switch out you know um you know like oil and then replace it with um you know wind energy. power and wind energy and, and solar pa- solar panels and that will like sort of be enough to actually change because because yeah maybe the, because there was also like just on those, those batteries also like yeah, bad to, for the environment to, well you need fossil fuels to mine them but right. also yes. there's also like also with mom it's like you focus purely on the on the temperature right on right. the, on, on on the greenhouse heating, gases yeah. yes yeah, yeah. but there's actually other aspects to the climate collapse and, and just ecological collapse around the world there's you know deforestation which is to grow food for all the people that live you know yeah. there's um there's you know overfishing there's like a, a destruction he doesn't of, talk about it at all no no yeah. he's, he's purely focused on that one aspect right and so which then, actually interesting that's one aspect that is only about people and it's one aspect that right? actually what if you if you like you know switch open the new york times or whatever any liberal newspaper they do actually talk about you know global warming it's like it gets the most attention out of all of the other uh, uh, right. you know uh, disasters that are happening around us because it's something that could be you know in theory fixed with a, like a technological flip and it's also flip. about preserving our lifestyle yes. and not having to suffer in this really hot like hotter planet I mean yeah like on this hotter ex- planet. exactly exactly and, and like i don't but know it like it sort of makes sense it's like um you know, I don't know. I, I can't yeah. you understand? No, I totally understand. I mean, right. I totally understand. But then, like, why the fact it's appealing? That, the fact that you basically can't even like eat a fish outside of like the river that you live next to because it's got all of these like it's got all of these toxins toxins in it, and the fact that you can't even eat fish anymore, you know, like out of out of the ocean. But you know, just to be a devil's advocate, like yeah. I, I I understand that it's all if you very can catch a fish, um, yeah. no, but I understand that it's all very in a way mild measures and all about like liberal establishment just actually don't want to change much but want to change a little bit that affects directly like <laughs> almost like the yeah the lifestyle yeah. Um, like their their own lifestyle but ultimately don't you think it's a bit weird to be a proponent and talk about something like totally normal that people should embrace like this sort of um, idea and, and and life like as those deep green resistant types which are which are radical that sort of decenters from human but don't you think it's a bit weird like for instance imagine if we were some kind of wolves or something and i know we're not like those animals we like supposedly have this like (laughs) thinking thing going on and we can like do abstract abstract thing but overall imagine we're wolves wouldn't you wouldn't it be weird to say hey wolves don't think about what wolves need right now let's think about look at all those little animals around no, they're dying I'll, or look at those who like on some level I understand who cares what no, wolves I'll tell you why wolves. you care well first of all I'll tell you why you care you can like look and say hey wolves we shouldn't you know, there's like, there, oh yeah, there's like, uh, basically there's been like, you know, a lot of w- rain this um, this season, right? And that, you know, that means that there's a lot of like grass that's been growing more than usual. As a result, you know, all these rabbits that we like to eat are like eating and multiplying like crazy. There's a population boom. There's a rabbit population boom. 
And like, just because that's happening doesn't mean we should eat all of the rabbits that are there and also die off, you know, because we'll, we'll, our population will also increase and we'll, then we'll also have to, like the next season when it is drier and the population shrinks, then we're going to start to starve. I mean, you can think about things in like, you know, I mean, wolves obviously can't think that way. We can actually, I understand. can't yes. think that way. Yes. And can just sort of think slightly ex- externally to, to, to our own things and can kind of plan ahead in these more, slightly more complicated ways that, than they can. But I agree. I mean, look, you can argue against, I don't know, this more radical sort of ecological ideologies. But, but the, the thing with Malm is that he sort of sidesteps this, these issues and he just makes it about, you know, about these... Um, um, Green lifestyle. I mean, look, if you right. care about, like, if you're a human being and you care about, the, you know, the future of humanity, you realize that the future of humanity is like the way that is, is like, you know, marching towards a cliff, right? And that at some point, it's not going to be sustainable. At some point, there's going to be a, just a giant, like, you know, a, a kind of a, a genocide of, of, of the species, you no, know. But it's already happening, not the genocide, but the fact no, that I the mean, um, sort of climate acts the way it so, does in the last even few years. Yeah. I, I think it's clear that they're going to be like so I mean, many it's deaths. Happening. I mean, the, pro- the problem but is though no, that... But pe- tell me yeah. one thing, yeah. like, because I never could figure it out fully. Um, why, I mean, the so-called right-wingers do not accept this as a reality? I actually don't, I don't, I don't have an answer. Why is that? Because they're like, I don't know, because they're, I mean, it's fucking crazy. No, I don't know. No, but I'm actually yeah. curious in terms of, I, I sort of, even outside of ideology, why don't they accept it? Because they think it's a liberal because uh, they think invention? It's a way, yeah, no, because what is cause it? it goes against the status quo, because it, it goes against, it, like there's, because it go, goes against, it's like not, I don't know, it's 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 like anti-conservative, I guess, it's, 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 it's it's anti-traditional. It's like goes but against tradition. What do you traditional Doesn't it talk about what's now and what's around you? So what's you know? Yeah, I mean, basically, it's, what I'm confused about is this, uh, like extrapolating from how they look at it, whatever yeah. that camp. It makes me think that they don't notice all the climate stuff that's going on around now, like right yeah. now, not even what's predicted in the future already happening. Uh, that they don't notice it, and second, that they're like well, so optimistic that they're. Think basically, I don't understand their optimism well, I mean, because look, it's almost like optimism, the, I mean, right? I guess the, they're like the, nothing's the, going on. All, all one is exploration great. is that their entire cultural sort of perspective is 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 is, is you know um, like underwritten and and funded and like bankrolled by you know by the by oil companies by oil companies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, oh, and not just oil companies, but like all sorts of like so they're part of their little world that they live in, the informational world that they live in, the culture that they live in is like is 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 you know like is basically totally controlled by things but they but they but but they also like obviously they can't be like it works with their view worldview i guess which is like a you know conservative like i want to keep my kind Wait, of but world. the worldview is also do you, you know what i'm saying about optimism is so optimistic right yes yes so they're optimistic you know optimistic in terms of like all is great this like shitty food waiting is actually great industrial they farming is great yeah. but th- that's what i don't get it's not even like know. ideological for me i'm just thinking are they is just is it like blind optimism yeah. like let's say buy this meat that is disgusting and think oh great meat abundance yeah. in america then you do you know what i'm saying it's like oh every Everything is great. I like almost like I kind of want to be optimistic like that. It's good to be blind to some degree, but I don't understand how they maintain it. You know, Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm not. I don't think like that. It's very confusing to me me because I don't even care about like in terms of how what they think politically. Right? Question. It's hard for me to answer. It's partially because I feel feel like on the liberal side, you know, um, 
you know, the, the, the kind of the right wing world is a world that I don't really know very well. I mean, unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, even though like a lot of my a lot of people that I know, like in the immigrant community, they are they're like they're like right wing, but they're kind of more like liberal on some things. You know, they're like right on right wing on some things, but more liberal. At least they believe in some of these some of these like issues, like mm-hmm. the fact that there is some, you know, so they're not, they're but, they don't totally. but they're not. It's not like they care. And I, and I have to say, I think the liberals are not that different. I mean, the liberals believe in a different story. And they're also up very optimistic, which is they think that oh it's okay, we're like switching to solar panels, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, I bought it. I bought a Tesla, you know, like my, like 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 I'm helping the environment, you know. Like I drive a fucking Prius. Oh my God, look at me! I'm getting a lot of miles per gallon, you know. Like right. like so there is actually they're not that different. I think you know they're both of them both both of these parts of the culture um, like want to maintain a status quo. Um, one part of the culture doesn't want the government to come in and tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't want like some kind of outside mandate to like come in and change their way of life or to like, or to like you know snoop around and control things. You know, like what kind of like what are you polluting here? What are you doing here? You know, maybe you should use this chemical because right. it's like harmful. Also, that you know aligns with a lot of like basically the, the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other side. Things like oh, it's okay if we just you know um, you know like switch over to green green technologies and also make money while doing it. Like we'll be fine. It's not a problem. We'll just keep living how we live now. So I mean, they're like pretty close together. I I, I think you know obviously one is one is worse than the other. And the other I I, I don't know. But, okay, yeah, so but you I still don't see but, that but much of a difference. I, and I see them pretty close together. I mean, obviously there there are there is like a kind of I don't know. There's like a it's a funny thing. There's like a there is a there's a belief still in like that I mean I think both both sides really do believe that the system has like a future and that the system is the way But you know it, yeah. then in this case no matter even if Marm is embraced by part of at least the liberal establishment maybe yeah. even not the entire liberal establishment it's still I mean by this standards it's still he's still considered radical he's radical and I what's mean, interesting yeah. you know in the book you know again not only he talks about ecological Leninism and just in the interviews and stuff uh, he also you know quotes um, like Franz Fanon he basically yeah. brings it into kind of mainstream the, those yeah. ideas which are you know usually either academic or very yeah. Yeah, they're kind of like mar- marginal yeah um, <clears throat> And he also quotes Emiliano Zapata. Yeah. You know, where do you see that in the in the mainstream? And he, you know, we, we'll talk about the movie now, but basically in the movie, which is like, obviously, whatever, fictional film, visual medium, makes it even more mainstream, which is interesting. Yeah. And anyway, so he quotes Zapata and says, basically, it is better to die on your feet than to live on your knees. Better yeah. to die blowing up a pipe. That's already not Zapata. That's Marm. Better to die blowing up a pipeline than to burn impassively. Yeah. That's basically that last phrase is that's what inspired the film, I feel like. Because ultimately, yeah. I mean, whatever we say and you know about the whole deep green resistance and how mom either uh, basically undercuts it or right or criticizes or ignores it, calls it reactionary. <clears throat> okay, yeah, but what what he suggests is, is already radical for for the society we live in right now of course and and that's and i and i guess that i find interesting even if sorry even if the solutions or whatever what comes after we turn away from fossil fuels yeah is very vague and it's not c- clear how big of a structural change it is outside of like again the you use know, of probably be a good thing on some yeah. level it probably yeah, be, i mean i, like, I, I mean I, yeah, like, I want to give credit like if nothing else changes It'll probably be still better 
for the planet, I guess, and for us to not be, to not, and... and But all it, I want to say, yeah. it's still super, super radical. So yes, I, I guess I'm getting a bit annoyed. I'm interested in the minutia of, like, intellectual minutia of who is for what, yeah. and this little radical groups are against other little groups, and this is the most radical, and, oh, no one talks about them, and the Malam is actually a sellout to the liberals. I, I get, I'm actually personally interested in yeah. it. But when I, like, zoom out and see the bigger picture, this is pretty radical during my lifetime i'm 33 i've never seen anything like yeah. that in the sort of public discourse and this like pretty mainstream level It's and true. especially i've never seen okay not to the movie i've never seen like pe people basically my age who are by no means are some kind of like radical anarchists you know like no marginal anarchists actually very much part of some sort of like Uh, yeah. establishment and kind of like cool or whatever yeah. pursue this and are interested in these ideas and try to popularize them to some degree because yeah. what what else it is yeah and i find it radical as is i totally agree it's it, it wasn't very um i don't know what's the word like uh uh not rewarding but it just it like didn't i don't know it didn't, it didn't provide sustenance like throughout the film but then by the end it, when it ended it was like i felt like there was nothing wholesome about it you know like i felt like a wholesome feeling and i was like Yeah, you know, fuck yeah, it happened. You know, they did it. Um, blew up a pipeline. They, they do, Spoiler. They blew up the fucking pipeline, um, and it felt good. Yes, yes, but that's that's yeah. what I'm saying. Is it's actually topical? Yes. Like it's, no, no. It, you know? it, and I, I kind of walked out of the movie theater with a feel with a good feeling, and so yeah. And you know, there's nothing wrong with having a movie where like a bunch of hot people, basically, you know, hot Trying actors, to blow up a like young hot people, um, you know, like yeah, like kind of get together. And like stick it to the man and blow up a pipeline and kind of talk about the environment a bit, you know, like and 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 to kind of have fun doing it. Um, and, and also, it's interesting to see again. Okay, uh, one thing: it's always all these films, indie or not indie, standard Hollywood, even worse, ha has like young, uh, hot people yes. who are, like who are acting them. It doesn't matter; they can be diverse. This one is very diverse. They're black, um, like Latino, like whatever, some white. They're all kind of different people. They're all very hot, but it's it's still pretty radical and new to see those same people doing this. Yes. Them acting as avatars for some avatars for direct action, action for me is good enough. Yeah. Obviously it's a fictional film. Yes, it's not gonna be, I don't know how real anarchist <laughs> activists look like, you know the but funny, it's gonna be yeah. this. You know the funniest thing is the most radical environmentalist you know, group out there is basically the CIA. Because they blew mean? up the fucking pipeline. Oh, right now. Nord Stream. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. you know, or like, you know, one of their allies <laughs> or whoever did it, you know. Um, if you, yeah. Um, but, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, they actually blew up a fucking pipeline. I mean, yeah. Wait, I actually didn't connect. You know, I didn't think about the movie and then about people, this. People were joking when this happened. Were they happened, joking about this? They were doing these memes with the, with the book, you know, because the book had just was out. Oh, wait, I've seen it. Someone was saying CIA. I thought, what do you mean CIA? Andres Mal? Yeah. I see what you mean because they connect, right? Because <laughs> also like... Is if CIA group read Mom's book and thought, so, like, okay... We can do NATO. We, we, can, we can do, do we can do, the, we can do, do one it. for NATO, yeah. We're gonna, and we're going to like solve the environmental crisis too. And you also know? pretend it's Putin. And pretend that Putin did it, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's... it's It's funny. No, oh, like, that's, that's funny. But anyway, so so the movie was in the end, in the end, it's satisfying. But ultimately, honestly, it's not like it had like zero kind of energy and um, yeah. right. It sort of it was structured really weird. I don't want to do too many spoilers. Obviously, they I, blew up pipeline, I, but I don't want to say how it's structured because it's sort of nonlinear, right? Yeah. But I don't think it actually works. 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's like it's funny. It's uh, we were doing you know, an episode formally. about the film, but I actually don't even want to talk about the film because the film. I mean, I mean, I mean, oh, I don't have much okay. to say about the film. Right. I mean, I, you know, I, we're talking about the film, but I mean, I mean, I don't want to talk about it because it's like I don't there's know. There's not what, much to say. There's not much to say because it's like okay, it's yeah. like a crime. It's like a caper. You know, it's like a classic caper. Like you know, you you're watching sort of the procedural. What is a caper? It's a type of like you know, the, uh, if I'm a type of genre where you know you're like seeing as the crime is kind of ha- being done. Heist film or caper film is the same, a subgenre. Yeah, it's heist film. Yeah, but like, but it's different. You can like watch as someone is like committing a crime. You know, like they're like robbing a bank or whatever. Unfortunately, <laughs> this film as a heist film is not really working because in heist film you have to be at least excited about this procedural thing. Yes, and I guess I don't know. <laughs> at least you can think, oh, is it going to work out or not? But then I think you know it will. <laughs> so yeah. it's not that right. I mean, I know, I, were you were you concerned well, that I they wasn't won't... sure. You know, you're not sure, but I I expected it to happen. I expected it to happen. Right. I mean, who knows? You know, they could have like done some kind of twist in the end or whatever. Yeah. But I yeah. think that drew me in. I was thinking, how many of them gonna die doing it? Yeah. And that's what keeps you. Oh, is this person gonna yeah. die right now? And then, oh no, no, no. <laughs> and then like, oh, is it this? No, 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 no. <laughs> so my point. Is... It's true. <laughs> so it's sort of like that thing kept me kind of interested, yeah. but it, not much was going on in this direction. But yeah, but it kind of goes into, you know, it goes into uh, this film. Um, is, you know, there's like other films that are, you know, basically are about like kids kids that get radicalized or young people that get radicalized and try to like do something. Well, the lash only out one I the know, system. which yeah. one do you know? I remember The East. Yeah, The East is probably the most recent one that I know of that's actually, I thought was a great, very good It was really good, good. Yeah, like... And like a very tightly made thriller, right? Yeah, um, and that was that one was exciting actually. Yeah, but it also wasn't a heist, so it were more unknown. What, was, they had heist go. elements, but it was more complex than just a single, you know. It was interesting because there was an undercover agent basically yeah, like penetrating one, their yeah. group, the radical group. I think it's uh, Brit Marlin wrote it, and uh, she's in it. So it's yeah. uh, that group of people made it. The I think East. it's from about a decade ago. The yeah. I remember just watching it on a. Years ago on a plane. I didn't even know about it. I just discovered yeah. it on a plane, which is weird. And I was very impressed. Yeah. yeah. But you know, you know what's funny? Like, I just actually wanted to, we were talking about this earlier. I wanted to return to this question. And I think, you know, this is a question that I think, you know, Andreas Malm, you know, posits in his, asks in his book all the time. Um, like, why aren't people doing it? You know, yeah. Like, because they mean, don't like, want to sacrifice their life. Yeah, but 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 I mean, but but in theory, you could do it and like get away with it. You know, like or like do it secretly and do something and you know, right. you're not like killing yourself, right? You're not like you're, you know, the most that you're risking is basically going to jail, right? And so, and so, I mean, and I, it's a question that I actually ask too, like because you know, given like how fucked up everything is, and given how many I don't know, like guns there are in this country, for instance, you know, just for instance. You don't see people doing like political assassinations anymore. Like instead, there's like the sh- yeah, shootings, the right? All the time. Yeah, the, there are these shootings, and they are political acts frequently. You know, because frequently there's like they're misdirected. Every time I yes. hear of it, and it happens very, it's scary, very almost daily in America. Okay, every week, and it's so misdirected, and it's never what I think it should. At least it should be, or what I expect. There's, it a, to there's be. a mass shooting almost, you know, uh, weekly, sometimes multiple, uh, multiple a week uh, in this country, and 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 so, but never, but never is like. Are these people um, who are clearly pissed off? Sometimes they target their old school. Sometimes they target a pl- the place that they worked. So recently, clearly, it was an intern at the bank. So clearly, yeah. exactly, there was the recent one that was just and someone who interned at the bank and went and shot a bunch of people in there. So there's clearly a connection between their life and the sort of the power structure sometimes, right? right? And like, 
but never is it like, you know, like actually someone saying, you know what, I believe that this, you know, billionaire is like doing something evil, right? And and like goes and like shoots them, you know, like. But but yeah. don't you think you know we specifically talk about I guess America? Yes, Because I don't know. That's mostly what we know. Maybe Europe. Is a bit different. I don't know. Seems to be not so not so much different in terms of no this direct at all, action. I think. Yeah. But they remember there was this like I can't try to remember there was this radical uh, group in Germany back in the day. But this is like we're talking about the seventies. Yes. What was it called? Um, Do you know what I'm the, talking yes, about? Yes, I know what you're talking. About. But but that's different. But that, but but back then things they like were that left-wing. happened. Yes, but that things like that happened even here with the weather underground. You know, like, right, right, right. So but anyway, back to America. What I want to say because you say why it's never happening. It's always misdirected. Yes. usually. But don't you think you know I've been living here for a decade and one thing I notice on average one thing America is it's a very um, not a very thinking society it's anti intellectual overall it's on a, in a big way it's like not a reading society I, I, I think it actually makes some sort of sense so ultimately an average citizen not that it's bad to be an average citizen whatever average American is not prone to any kind of I mean, I, I don't know. I, sound, I know I sound snotty, but definitely not prone to sort of uh, dialectical thinking. But you think like critical, the average French to, citizen know, is, is, is prone to dialectical thinking? I don't, well, I I don't know. To critical thinking. Because what, what you say about like seeing the structures uh, that affect your life, let's say, which, I don't know, some sort of particular billionaire that yeah. is on top of a certain structure that you should probably target if you're going all the way out anyway. Maybe you should target him or someone I mean, up look, there I don't know. Rather yeah. than, no, no, but don't you think but there's something I don't there? Think you need to be, I don't think you need to be versed in dialect, dialectical sort of materialism in order to, like, let's say, lose your child to some kind of, like, medical condition and you having to fight the, you know, your insurance provider, like, every at every step of the way to get them their treatment, right? And them dying and you being like, fuck these people, who owns this company, you know? And like going and killing him. I mean, right? Like that Wait, is- but it's literally dialectical thinking. Why, why is that dialectical thinking? It's like, it's a, there's, what's, where's the dialectical thinking here? Dialectical thinking is ability to, okay, let me see. Dialectical thinking refers to ability to view issues from multiple perspectives and to arrive at the most economical and reasonable reconciliation of seemingly contradictory information and postures. Yeah, there's nothing contradictory you know? here. There's like, there's the company that did you wrong, you, you go shoot the guy who owns it, right? I mean, who, and who is like living a great life. I mean, this is, if there's, if you don't need a, an education for this, you don't need to have read a single book for this. This is like the most simplest revenge thing that you can possibly imagine, you know? Parents who usually, I, I see them like, in the news, um, who are uh, poor, poor people. Uh, Not always pa- parent, poor people. Often, I don't know, the ones at least I saw in the news, what is it, a few months ago. Anyway, uh, of the kids who get um, shot um, at schools, uh, usually public schools, actually. Uh, and uh, when that happens, like, do you understand that that, at least the ones I've seen, that, that dad he might be like very pissed and maybe ready to take action for the because his like little girl was killed, but I actually not he's not necessarily capable. Of but I mean, that. but a mass- not, it's he doesn't even know who he he might be pissed at the and usually the person who shoots gets killed frequently so that's gone. So what he gonna kill like who like NRA uh, president? No, sure. I'm not actually yes. joking. Who like who do you want? To be punished, or the the manufacturer of the weapon, or whatever. Yes, I I, I mean, I, of course, yes. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. I and I and I actually I actually I will I will actually I don't disagree with you that it's a it's a it's a matter of education because I think actually the more educated you are, the actually the I, I didn't say education yeah, or like or thinking society. It's like well, I, I mean, I, I don't know if that's that's the 
I never use the word education. You might have no education, but you read certain books. Okay, so it, uh, by reading a certain book, you like will tell you to go murder a the CEO of a company that did you wrong. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm 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 trying to understand, you know, why how that where is the connection between those things? You know, I think I think like a few I think like a pure, you know, revenge is, you know, there's movies made about this all the time. You know, it's like actually if you think of like there's Hollywood films, you know, dad takes matters into his own hands and goes and so like So basically you say why dads do not do, do it. that. Yeah. Okay, or moms. why? I don't know. I mean, I I actually don't I don't have a good answer for that to be honest. I feel like I feel like um I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm actually truly baffled by it. I mean, I, I can sort of, I can understand, I can probably answer the question of why young people aren't, you know, taking up like uh, uh, arms against sort of this infrastructure that's like, you know, suffocating to death and killing them or boiling the planet, right? Like, I think I can understand that better than just the lack of, the lack of assassinations in this country. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is they're lost and they don't know what, what are they even fighting for or who against. Or who actually, against. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like the whatever, like this company, but then there's like a million other companies that are like right. part of this network, and so it's such a daunting thing. And and they also, I think, because ultimately, I think why young people aren't revolting uh, yet against the system is because I think they still believe that their future is tied up with the system. So right. the system actually works they in that sense. They think it might work for them and will yes, benefit and so them. They're right. not like, it's not like all of these kids, all these young people are looking at like an abyss in front of them, you know? Not everyone, yeah. And so, and so, and so, and the ones that are looking at an abyss, I mean, they're like explaining it in terms of it's like, I don't know. It's Personal not, failure. For exactly. Google. That's the ideology here. And so, and so I don't think it's just even here. I think it's, you know, it's very widespread, I, I would, I would say. And, and so, and it's also very difficult to connect, you know, what's but happening you know, to you. One thing about this whole assassination things and the basically... Terror, terrorism, whatever. Yeah. It, it's covered in the movie too, right? Because like once you start doing this, which is the right thing to do, whatever, blow up a pipeline, um, you're marked as a terrorist. Yes. Whatever you, you call the terrorist and it um, has certain connotation in the mind of many people that it's like bad. Yeah. But if you look historically, I'm not saying you have to always look at the sort of, um, uh, what do you call like not a particular... Um, not a particular sort of um, good outcome of those sort of terrorist actions. But what's interesting, like in Russia in the 19th century, uh, basically those uh, r radicalized youth, it mostly was youth, and they came not just from like the poor uh, class, but also they could come from pretty rich families yes. and they were radicalized and uh, organized and they were they basically believed <laughs> that the sort of direct action and ass targeted assassinate assassinations of um certain powerful people part of the government like part of the royal like the tsar yes. you know eventually they did kill, kill alexander second anyway yeah uh, it, they thought that it will change i don't know It'll society like the, system, the world yeah. like they're going to be like a like a yeah, it, it's it's gonna change the system, and ultimately it actually didn't. And I'm I'm not trying to be defeatist and say that hands uh, direct action and basically this type of yeah. terrorism that you, you in a way say oh why it's not more like this now. In a way, you can say it doesn't change things structurally. Yeah. And I don't know what if it proves something. Yeah. What if it really doesn't? But I mean, but I don't even care about if, if people think it's going to change something structurally. I'm surprised that there isn't more of a, the society is not a feud society. It doesn't have like blood feuds, essentially, you know, yeah. despite all the guns and the weapons and despite like all the shootings. I mean, there are people who are lashing out. Yeah, yeah. 
clearly, you know, I mean, I'll say that the some of the in recent years, the more like kind of ideological organized shootings are the ones actually by right wing people who are shooting either like Muslims, um, like they're actually right. like, and it's not just in America; it's like in New Zealand, it's in Sweden, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's America. I mean, you're basically shooting like they're shooting people for some reason, you know, like uh, usually it's targeted against minorities, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or there's some kind of like ideological component to it. Right. So uh, but like a right wing ideological component to it. But it, but it, so there is that exists like but it's only, in but that, only on the right, on, right? On, only only on the right. Yeah. And it doesn't exist on the left at all. There isn't someone who's willing to go like basically to jail for the rest of their life to make a political statement, you know, like it isn't radicalized enough. It's it's actually kind of, I mean, I might probably, I probably, you know, I bet you pe- people who are listening right now, I'd be like, well, actually there is this person or is that person? Well, actually, if you, uh, I, I'm sh- there's, I'm sure there's like some some examples of it, but it isn't a very widespread thing. But I'm not even talking about the political stuff. I'm talking about more of the lashing out. What surprises you is also this is a country where people can have guns. Like it's just a wash with guns. I mean, you know, a wash with weapons, you know, and bullets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, uh, and so it is kind of shocking. I mean, there's so much like inequality, so much uh, exploitation, so much suffering in America, right? At the hands of these like, I don't know, like corporate structures and like the people who run them. And those people live in total, you know, like they live almost like careless lives, you know, carefree lives. Like they're not living behind, you know, I mean, they're, they're, this is, you know, like if, I don't know. It's like you, you even you um, were very surprised, you know, when you came out to America from Russia, like how open, you know, wealthy people would be, you know, their, how open their houses would be, how like easily sort of open to the public, essentially, you know, just vi- visually, right? Or like the access to those places is kind of like unimpeded. You know, there aren't like tall fences like there there are in Russia. You know, a lot of it around oh, houses. because it's different. It's sort of like the fences are invisible, and the certain areas are, in a way, have. It, it, Invisible force fields. Yes, there's a force field that uh, certain people do not or rarely penetrate them or even dare to come come near. So that's, I guess that's why. Yeah, but I, I definitely was surprised. But you know what's interesting? We talk about this and, um, you know, there's this movie now, you know, it, it seems to be pretty publicized, right? New York yes. Times write about it. It's, you know, it's going to be big. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Even if it's not that great as a film. The New York like, Times wrote a fairly positive review of it. Whatever. Yeah. There are a bunch yeah. of reviews. I, I know yeah. that uh, I think uh, NPR had a program. It is something, basically, because I always thought, like, all things considered is the most... Oh, my God, yeah. How, how to call it? Like, it's a very Middle, mediocre, banal, yeah. banal, blah, blah, blah. But if... If this, all I'm saying, if this talks about it, I, I, I kind of find it cool, whatever, yes. even if I of course. didn't like this film because it's just, you know, mom, Swedish radical professor, this film, NPR, I mean, what? Yeah. There is something surprising, so I'm just trying to stay positive. It's kind of interesting. But what I find interesting is that, you know, me coming from Russia, like, I understand why you way more nuanced and critical about that stuff. Yeah. For me, like, seeing that is kind of like it impresses me more basically than you because yeah. i feel like the society i come from you know it still has a strong hold on me you know i lived there for like what 21 21 years that's what where i grew up with and it's so like depressingly status quo yeah so depressingly pure like i don't, I don't know what's the word I, I don't care about the this particular definition but like kind of like just like pro 
capitalism pro <laughs> fossil fuels pro i don't even know what yeah. we say consumption just the consumption is not questioned at all yes like the modern russia the russia i grew up in 90, 90s and 2000s that the fact that this stuff can be sort of part of the conversation yeah. in a somewhat lib- liberal mainstream, whatever, maybe right-wingers don't like it, I don't care. Liberalism, liberal mainstream is still pretty wide here. It just, it seems like radical. Yeah. And the fact that I, like people my age and my whatever kind of class yeah. can be into this and can be openly talking about it and pretty I think pretty seriously you know yes it's a film but the sort of like the ideas behind it yeah. they probably embrace them you know because like you know one of the main uh, the main actresses in the film I, I looked her up she's also a co-writer yeah. like maybe a producer of this so I think it's kind of created communally by the people yeah who are kind of you know um, I don't know hot <laughs> hot Hollywood types uh, or indie filmmakers but they also probably support this and yeah. the option to book for a reason you know yeah. not just to sort of uh no, what I do you t- call it you, but, you, know, know, you know it's not it's not just for yeah. Yeah. um i mean there's another i totally agree with you i mean i don't know but there's so, like so i just my perspective speaking of the russians i kind of yeah. always want to I, I just want to emphasize it. it like this is so far away from my, anything yeah i know of and even like you know the sort of more progressive like educated people i know through yeah. my kind of moscow life that this sounds like just miles i don't know <laughs> miles away it just do you know what i'm saying of course i understand and the what fact you're saying. that yeah. it's like accepted here yeah. makes me very <laughs> kind of happy again. i don't know yeah. happy but like hopeful happy is not the word hopeful yeah and for you it's different i know i mean i i totally i, you I went think to berkeley of course for you it's different well it's oh yeah it's different no, it, yeah. It, it's different but i also i there's another kind of way to look at it you know the, the why america is such a you know successful and stable society in a lot of ways uh, mean, and and it can sort of be open about the critique of certain things, and yet nothing fundamentally changes. Uh, you know, maybe no. I mean, that's not true. I mean, the environmental movement did have an impact on American politics, and actually, a lot of sort of the environmental regulations it is and things having, like that. It, it, it did have an impact on on uh, on like uh, on you know pollution in the environment, but like in terms of just the the larger industrial system in in, in that kind of that. That you know, America is basically you know like at the center of in, in the world, or uh, played a huge role in like exporting to, to to exporting around the planet. I mean, like nothing really changes. And, and one way to look at this movie is it's like kind of a you know like a pressure relief valve, right? As, as well, like anything, you can say why there are comedies about CIA or assassination of plots of leaders. Yeah, you can say all of it is a pressure valve. Is it what you're saying? Not, I mean, all I mean, it just, like it, but it, and it is in a way because you kind of feel. You know, it'll just like a lot of the sort of documentaries about social issues are pressure valves, and this is something that you've talked about, like that a lot of. Yeah. This is this is your like this is your thing, like uh, about how it's like, you know, by witnessing the thing, uh, you're sort of like absolving yourself of the of the sins for the thing. It's like going to church, witnessing suffering of some like. You've like gone to confession, yeah, confession, and and so, but I agree. I mean, look, if this if this film inspires some kids to fucking blow shit up. I mean, good. I'm for it, and and you know, and the fact and that it is, and even if it only inspires uh, people in the film film world, which is ultimately it's very just kind of you know still. 
fairly elite pursuit and sort of not totally connected to life. But even if it inspires people to do more yeah. movies like that, one of them going to be much, much better than this one. This is not very good. Yeah. And more inspiring. And who knows, like to have, yeah. basically to have more, it's like this. There's all this cultural output or c- content out yes. there. And most of it is shit. I don't watch any TV. I can't even stomach it. And I know they make it like whatever, entertaining and grossing. I don't want to even turn it on. And I'm for movies like this. And I'm yes. more for yeah. producing more movies like this and for that to be shown in more movie theaters yeah. and some of it going to be better than as I say better than others and, and who knows but, and, and then the cultural output might lead to something else look I, right? I'll just say this this movie has a very uplifting family friendly message and yeah. I support it yeah yes um, um. <laughs> it's actually a very family friendly movie because ultimately actually there are no innocent victims there yes. no one really suffers everyone, everyone, every, and everyone is no good one dies. everyone is good and everyone's yeah. a good person yeah. And they are fighting for something good. Yeah. I mean, it is an actually an uplifting, family-friendly film. I totally agree with that. It's actually not very Do complex. you think the film world is basically... Wait, uh, it's almost... It, it, did I yeah. say, sorry, it's socialism, it's social, social realist film. Yes, it's, yes. It felt that way. It That's has that I quality. That's why I the kind of the content and can say the forum is not that great. Yeah. yeah, anyways, what do you want to say? Yeah, no, I mean, it is interesting. I don't know. It's just interesting to, for me to think if like the film ind- film industry, like American film industry, is it's sort of like, and, and it basically would be like antagonistic to like degrowth, right? Because part of it's what it's, how it actually makes money, how it's able to sustain itself is through it, like a global empire of media, right? Yeah. I mean, so it's actually kind of interesting to see you know, uh, the, the you know Hollywood address these kind of topics because in a way, it's but like it wasn't it, about degrowth. I know year. that, but it is actually still kind of. I agree, but it is like in that whole in that general you know kind of genre. You want to like you're trying to take out pipelines, you're trying to take out you know infrastructure, yeah. and trying to stop the, you know the economy of this country, right? I mean, because mm-hmm. if you take start taking out pipelines, I mean, it's going to force a degrowth, right? That's true. Yeah, even I if mean, you don't talk the short, about even it, even in the yeah. short term, let's say. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I agree. So, um, so let's say I mean, let's say there was like. You know, a hundred groups like this, right, mm-hmm. operating in a coordinated fashion all across America, blowing up like, and they blow up every major pipeline in America. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's degrowth. That's degrowth. I mean, even if the, they don't think in, in the short terms. term, I mean, they're gonna things are gonna have to slow down because yeah. you're gonna start having to ration gasoline. You're gonna have to start ra- rationing some of these, you know, power plants that are and and manufacturing processes that depend on Agreed. this kind of gasoline and, and this oil. So, so if this movie can lead to even a little bit, like a small step towards that, great. And. <laughs> I can even it's it's funny like because again as I say it's not a great film but ultimately you know propaganda propaganda films yes you know and by the way Lennon always talked about film being the best medium for pa- mass propaganda yeah he praised it he thought it's like, the best you need to develop <laughs> to pour money into this yes. you know as a Soviet state and they did into development into like <laughs> it's funny yeah anyway I, I, I'm not mom, gonna mom is for Lenin, war Leninism or whatever it is fine but but also David Goldkamper or oh, the kids who yes oh, they're not kids anymore god there's people who are making kids like these us. movies <laughs> kids like yeah we're kids we're already old millennials uh, you're a really elder millennial um, but anyway uh, this, uh, the hill, there's a just like yeah. millennials and Zoomers because the actors are younger I guess they're Zoomers but ultimately these people basically doing valuable propaganda right yes. and so and, and propaganda material propaganda films cannot be judged 
uh, in the same way. No. So I think no, I, I'm I'm not being ironic. I'm serious. It's true. So, so I, I I'm just gonna praise it. Yeah. Because ultimately it's just it's just different. It's not yes. just some drama exactly. that has to touch me in this like it's a good I don't point. know some emotional point. way and it, it should be nuanced and whatnot. No, it's it's not nuanced at all. No. <laughs> but it's good because it's propaganda. Because you don't want there to be nuance no, in like in, in a simple morality tale, right? No, I mean, and, yeah. and you don't actually want. You said oh, everyone is like a good person there. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's totally social realism. Because what do you want also the kids who are doing that being like having some kind of conflict and being like also like just complex individuals and, yeah, or like unpleasant people and yeah bad like, people but maybe doing something good yeah. for their own uh, selfish, selfish reasons. reasons they're not selfish they're like so selfish and so good and, and there's like whatever yeah. one character who's a bit different but you know. But in the end, everyone is good. In the end, everyone's doing the right thing, and um, I'm like, okay. No, and they're also like all like you know, like yeah, they're also like healthy looking, you know, <laughs> which is very social social realism too, like yes. because not too emaciated. No, no, they're you good. have to be like you have good. Strong. You have yeah, have to be a strong person because it's like the the physical reflects the the in, the, the internal right. The the. Darovom teles darovidu. How you say that? teles darovidu. You don't do that. You don't know that. I, I mean, that's like one of the. Yeah. What do you say it in in healthy body? healthy spirit yeah healthy healthy body healthy spirit yeah healthy mind (laughs) that's one I think of is it like a Soviet uh, (laughs) sort of sports this movie is very much like that you know yeah but but I support it basically no exactly I'm behind I mean look you know I mean it's it is it is cool that this stuff is hopefully I I do agree like it is just it's like it's funny it's I don't know one thing I hope that it's not going to be just a stepping stone to get into the mainstream for the filmmakers behind it not just start doing Marvel movies yeah or or start doing something just uh, pure Hollywood uh, and move away from the. I actually I actually want to say something you know which is that I think one of the yeah one of the, I, w- I want to finish on this and you know because we talk about you know we can shit on Hollywood and shit on all these franchises you know and these sort of like comic book hero bullshit, um, but I went with my nephew uh, like years ago to watch one of the Avengers films. I can't even remember what it's called. I think it was called Infinity Stone. I mean, there's like, they all mixed up in my head because then there's like 20 other ones after that already. But it was the most, like, that was like a totally degrowth. I mean, I think what Andres' mom would uh, uh, characterize as, as a reactionary sort of, you know, um, kind of degrowth reactionary film because, you know, do you know, do you know the whole story of that? It's like the, the bad guy, the bad yeah, guy that the Avengers me. are trying to stop So the, uh, are, is actually a good guy. He comes from a planet where over over you know, growth and in, like industrial policies basically led to the destruction of you know life on the planet and like and he suffered as a child and he wants and he's like then goes on a mission to stop that in the entire universe he wants to like do degrowth around the entire universe and he believes that the way to do it it's like overpopulation is the problem <laughs> overpopulation is the problem so you, what you need to do is you need to like half the population of the entire universe by half not and bad. so, and then so that's. But his he's goal. a bad character in the film. Yeah, he's a bad character, but he's actually very sympathetic because his backstory makes him sympathetic. He's like a sympathetic guy. I don't know if the Hollywood writers were thinking of him as sympathetic. No, but you he never is. Know. And I'll tell you. And so, in the end, he became God. He like was like trying to get all these stones, and if he collects all the stones, he becomes a god, and he can like do whatever he wants. And he snaps his fingers, and like half all the people in the universe die. But but so ra- he succeeded. Yes, but at random, he said, "I want to do it at random so that class and things like that don't." Did he succeed in the film? He succeeds and like. Half of the Avengers died, and how it, the film ends? That's how it ends. Wait, it ends on him winning. And I getting, was like, getting and his. And I was like, I was like, I was like, yes, 
this is the first movie that I like can actually support. Wait, like, a Marvel actually, film ended like this? Yes. Wait, wait, what are they saying? And then the in, the, in the next movie, they, they, they were able to turn back time and, and bring themselves back to life, you know? And kill the guy? Uh, and defeat him, yeah, I, I think. Oh, so it's, okay. Think, yeah. Interesting. But it was wait, like... Wait, but that's interesting. Yes, okay. it was actually... But actually, Ethan didn't like it, right? Yeah, Your nephew. My, my, yeah, my nephew, he, I, was like, I was like so excited because I was like, the bad guy is actually the good guy. And he was like, you didn't agree with me. And I was like, but yeah, but he was trying to do something that's good, like... He was trying to stop, you know, around the around the world, you know, like uh, all these all these planets who are basically being overpopulated and wow, interesting. Their eco- e- e- like their e- their ecosystems destroyed and all this stuff. But it's funny. But when I guess when you bring it into a Marvel universe, um, I'll tell you this: I didn't see this <laughs> film. It's all gets like Marvelized, yeah. and it's all ultimately doesn't matter. You see, like in the next film, it's like all well, reversed. Yes, but, yeah. but, so, so, <laughs> so anyway, but even if this film ends this way, you know, it's Marvel. It has yes. a certain like it's it's funny y'all maybe you can do any radical stuff you can br- add Lennon character into Marvel and you can still make movies like this yes do you know what I'm saying yeah. like, there's something about Marvel that since it's Marvel it's like doesn't matter it's horrible anyway like the yeah. fact that this idea which is interesting was there yeah. ultimately doesn't like <laughs> I mean make not a, Marvel environment Marvel, Marvel productions any better yeah I mean I, I thought it was I thought it was the only good um, one, of, one, of, one of the only good Uh, Marvel films that I've that I've seen. Maybe yeah. I should check it out. I mean, maybe I'm overselling it, but I I I, I remember enjoying it just just for the politics of it, just because okay. he's like a truly a reactionary. He's like a Malthusian kind of guy, character. Wow. You know? Yeah. Okay. I need to. I wonder who's who are the writers and, and yeah, why they question. did it. They actually. Could, yeah. I wonder if they were fired afterward. Um, <laughs> or I, they were forced <laughs> to write that next film. <laughs> And yes. to go back in time it, and it, defeat it, and defeat the Maltusians. Yeah, so so they like they brought everyone back to life. I think again. Wow. So like, yeah, can you imagine? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, on this note, um, yeah. So we had a spirited discussion. Check out the film, I guess. Yeah, watch it. It's good. You and bring, uh, bring along your your <laughs> your like no, young no, relatives. No, no, no. Blow up the pipeline. And blow up the pipeline. Blow up the pipeline. One thing, though, I'm not sure even the film, the, the the book definitely doesn't tell you how to blow up the pipeline. But I feel, honestly, I was movie, uh, watching the movie very attentively. It doesn't tell you either. How to blow up a pipeline? Not really. But I mean, they, what do you mean? But it's like... They, do, do, do you think it explains well? Well, I mean... Can I, you actually do it after watching the film? No, of course not, because you have to create the explosive. And the, probably the explosive is the hardest part to create. It's mm-hmm. the trickiest part because they have to. They created these bombs, right? Yeah. Out of from scratch. Yes. So like how the you know like but there are there are ways there are like things you can download download or you know there's like books that you know like anarchist bookstores and stuff that teach you how to do it. But yeah, no, it's and yeah, mom and mom. If mom was so radical, he should have just go and blow up a pipeline. He clearly knows how to do it. He Instead, wrote a book about it. he talks it. to David Ramnick. I know this is this this is the ultimate the the I don't know it's like the. It's like you'd rather Look, but do- that's the contradictory thing. Generally, you've been thinking about it now for a while, but your career as investigative journalism, who is for everything good, but ultimately yeah. just like kind of write things, right? Yes. And sort of trying to have a good career. You know, there's like a... No, I'm saying... In the a, system that you are <laughs> that trying you to criticize, criticize yeah. and want to change yeah. uh, or destroy or whatever. And it, it, right? It's, all these things are very contradictory. If you get down to it, the whole thing that someone like Andrea's mom has actually a career yes. and is accepted in the echelons of some echelons at least of this 
powerful media thing is already no, surprising. Well, that's, why, that's why Ted Kaczynski do, did what you actually have to do. In order, if he you, was if, pure. If you take that position, if you take the position that the society that you live in needs to, needs to be destroyed, you can't like maintain a position with that society and try to like you know yes to like, have a career yes to have a career <laughs> and try to get acceptance from the from the society in which you know you operate and so he what he did is yeah he moved out into the woods and and like mm-hmm. and actually like try to kill a bunch of scientists <laughs> mm-hmm. which is which is yeah it's which, funny yeah I, know. I know it makes sense he was he was pure but then I guess if this society from I'm tracking thinking from the film and writer's perspective like mom and this like film yeah. people who basically adapted whatever his book well I guess you can say if this is the society that is not as close as some other societies whatever like Soviet Union or whatever Russia you know pretty close if this is a more open society then there are fractions of the people in some positions of power that you can sort of work with and make certain things you yeah. know what I'm saying that it's not I guess you say it's not as fully rotten that's what you're saying because you can operate I'm not within saying that it. Yeah. no I'm just trying to to um, to look from their point of view, maybe, and then you can yeah. operate within it and change and try to do, I don't know what it's incremental tricky, yeah. it's changes. A, it's a really s- slippery society, isn't it? Like this, the you know, kind of I don't know. If because I'm, for instance, like oh, we we got to finish, but ultimately, the film thing is really interesting here, and the cu- cultural productions generally, not just film, is that you can be actually sort of, I guess, profoundly critical. Yeah. and ultimately radical about, about many things like even structural, economical, any, anything and and it's fine you're allowed to produce things yeah. to write books, to make movies and if they're popular it's basically fine because it's almost like detonates like what do you call it uh, de-radicalizes you by default yes because then you become somewhat whatever doesn't matter maybe very somewhat successful in the system by (laughs) your radical output and people like it and it's maybe is truly cool and has something in it but you are in the system and you successful in it very it's it's kind of ingenious in a way I mean like I mean I'm thinking like I don't know like uh like someone like David Graeber or like... Um, well, Graeber was kicked out of the university. Yeah, but, he, but then he became successful through just the publishing world, yeah. which is very, but still that's, very... And that's when, yeah. I guess, your criticism comes in. Or like in. Mike Davis or someone like that, yeah. Yeah, like Mike Davis. And you have to understand this, what a kind of, I guess, ultimately, I'm always was more impressed by this stuff because I come from Russia where it's yeah. impossible. And there's something interesting about it. And I understand that it's like has its own logic and it's incorporates you into capital system and sort of de-radicalizes you to some degree extent and makes you less um, dangerous to some extent yeah. too. I understand that, but, but I don't also know. But your ideas spread out. But there's something really, yeah. I don't know, I, fi- I find it kind of really, in- really interesting. I, I mean, I look, I, I think... And when yeah. you, because you have way more, I don't know, because you have your own experiences with this because you're almost like the person who ha- have been trying to do this basically. Yeah. Having a career while being ultra critical yeah. um, about the system in a way. Yes. And so I don't know. So I understand your experiences are valid. I can't just, you know, you have your own, you have your own take on this. I mean, I'm, I am fairly critical of, of the system. I, don't, I think it's 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 actually a lot more, you know. I mean, maybe it, I do wonder, you know, because we also live at a time. Which is like, uh, I mean, this is what like this book is about. You know, this this how to blow up a pipeline book is about, which is like this very um, passive 
moment in, in yeah. our society where like all these horrible things are happening and yet it's people are just super passive people yeah. are yeah, and like okay you know and, and aren't like willing to just basically risk their futures mm-hmm. and their lives and whatever um and their you know their place in society to do something about it it's just no one's willing to do that right and so but neither I, do journalists no no i'm like, saying i'm saying i'm like part of that passive ah, world okay. i mean i'm not excited we're all part of this passive world you okay. know andrew's mom is part of this passive world you know the most he could do is like go and like you know deflate someone's tires in, in like okay. in sweden you know which is what he what she was doing with this group um but you know but but i i do wonder if there if if things get if people we like do society does leave this passive moment you know where people are suddenly doing radical things well the more people do them and the more visible they are the more other people do it. yeah We're but like then i wonder then what happens to those intellectuals that are like pr- professing those ideas do you, do you know what i mean because they become actually a lot know. more dangerous to the society yeah. i mean we live in a very pa- pacifist time you know like it's actually kind of everyone's cowed you know um like you can like say all the horrible you can say everything you want but those in a way. intellectuals in a way are having the best of it because they're professing those radical yes. things which i agree with and having careers yeah. and fame and whatnot, so, and yet no one persecutes them because they actually their so ideas I, do not lead to those radical actions no. down below. No, so I, I don't know. So what's I think it might happen. change pretty quickly if things. It would be cool yeah. if actually not that those ideas, not only that those ideas should lead to some direct action, but those who upward. profess no, but those who profess those ideas would do those radical actions. That would be a more yeah. almost like or they get kicked thing. out of their positions because they're seen as people who are yeah. not connected to the te- to the terrorists and things like that. So. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that would happen, you know, because again, like. But I don't know. know but you're kind of in the perfect position, actually. To you have nothing to lose. So you, should I go below something up? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, if you, you have wanna, no. You're not a professor. I, you're I, not I, part of any system. You, we not just a, have this podcast. Not, yes, it's true. Like literally, what, what do you what do you have to lose, like socially? Nothing. Yeah, I just don't think that blowing a pipeline would be would, is going to change much. But you know, yeah, that's just my. That's what about. Yeah, okay, I won't. <laughs> I what about gonna, killing someone? I'm not going to encourage <laughs> well, you to kill anyone. Should, should we just discuss who we should kill, okay, assassinate? <laughs> uh, well, uh, okay, you know what? We're going to we're gonna discuss who we are going to assassinate uh, on the next point. In, in the, the bonus bo- segment. In the bonus so. for subscribers only, so please. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to hear who we decided to assassinate, sign up to get yeah. those you're, access you're to the, the bonus FBI, content. Yeah, if you're from the FBI, we have an institutional rate for you so you know fifteen dollars fifteen dollars no it's a thousand dollars you know per subscription you know it's the FBI <laughs> you know. okay <clears throat> okay on this note uh, all right thanks okay. for listening yeah Ta- next uh, week we're gonna, we're gonna have an interesting uh, kind of cool actually. interview yeah yeah uh, we're actually looking forward to that mm-hmm. yeah all right with a Russian with another Russian Belarusian 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 you can almost guess when I says a Bel- when I say Belarusian all right okay see you uh, later bye I'm letting- Boys